0: Man was created in God's own image and it is precisely for this reason that the killing of an innocent human life is an abomination and a capital offense in the eyes of God. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man." As horrific and hard to comprehend as it may be, one of the most widespread forms of worship among ancient people involved human sacrifice. Not only in Canaan, but also in northern Africa, India, Europe, and the Americas, the ancients believed that the blood of the sacrifice is what appeased the gods. The pagan practice of blood sacrifice is actually a perversion of the rights given by God to His people, Israel. To His priests He declared, For the life of the creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Sacrifice to any other god was condemned as idolatry. They shall no more offer their sacrifices to demons, after whom they have played the harlot. This shall be a statute forever for them throughout their generations." As we look at the practice of human sacrifice in ancient times, keep in mind that, according to God's perspective, these sacrifices were made to demons, the false gods of the pagan nations. The ancient city of Carthage was the capital of the Phoenician Empire, one of the most advanced civilizations of their time. But recent archaeological expeditions have revealed another notable feature, the incredibly high incidence of child sacrifice. Altars on which children were sacrificed and stone markers, which marked the burial place of their remains, have been uncovered along with the stone carvings on the markers that depict the children who were sacrificed. Clay jars were used to hold the remains. Burial grounds full of thousands of these ritually sacrificed children have been unearthed. The Carthaginians were descendants of the ancient Canaanites and worshipped the same god, Baal or Moloch. Archaeologists have established that the primary deity that the children were sacrificed to was the goddess Tanit the name being a regional representation of the more universal Ashtaroth. Written accounts tell us that the priests of Baal would beat drums during the ritual sacrifice in order to drown out the cries of the grieving mothers. As barbaric as all this sounds, we must remember that we are doing much the same thing through abortion with one obvious exception. Today, we don't commemorate or bury the children we sacrifice. It would be easy to attribute these ancient sacrificial rites to primitive superstitions and believe that science and intellectual advancement would eventually cause this type of brutality to lessen and finally cease. But archaeologists have also discovered that over Carthage's history, the incidence of child sacrifice, even in the face of considerable intellectual advancement, actually increased until it finally stopped. And how did it end? When God judged Carthage, Roman armies invaded and destroyed the entire civilization, going so far as to cover the ground with vast amounts of salt so that the land could no longer be cultivated.
1: It's a marvel that the gospel came in the first century when Roman roads, Roman peace, Roman justice, Roman language uh, had spread throughout the Mediterranean world and paved the way for the gospel. This was already the beginning in God's providence with, uh, with Rome's tenacity in protection of home and horror at the brutality of the pagan nations around them. Now, to be sure, ancient Rome prior to its acceptance of Christianity, was still brutal. Augustine points this out in The City of God. But it was uniquely prepared in in, in ways that uh, that we we can't even measure uh, today. Uh, By God's good providence, through the war with Carthage, called the Punic Wars. It was a a, a long period of, of multiple conflicts on sea and land for the control of the Mediterranean. The Carthaginians were the old Phoenicians transplanted to North Africa, and they had a particularly brutal faith that was rooted in the old deities of the Canaanites, brought from the cities of the plain, the Philistines, and and ultimately transported to North Africa. As a result, all of the horrors that we read about in the Old Testament, the Asherahs, the Baals, the Molechs the worship of demons. This was at the heart and soul of of Carthaginian culture. When the Romans encountered this, uh, really for the first time in the Punic Wars, they were shocked into the realization of the roots of the old pagan world. They desired to set themselves apart as something different. In fact, it is estimated that one half of all children born in Carthage were ultimately given over to this ritual infanticide slaughter. There were whole sepulchres filled with the bodies of infant children that the Romans discovered when they came and conquered Carthage. It was one of the reasons, and this is rarely discussed by historians, although it's oftentimes listed, it's one of the reasons why the Romans were so brutal in plowing under the city of Carthage and salting the earth. It was their intention that never again would the specter of this kind of awful, Brutal, this unnatural destruction of your own seed sweep across the earth again. And interestingly, we note that many of the infanticide walls in Roman military outposts disappeared after the Punic Wars. It so sickened the Romans who actually fought uh, for 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 the liberty of the republic and ultimately the empire they were so sickened by what they saw in carthage that they rid their own practices of the last remnants of infanticide hannibal the great general who crossed the alps with his famous elephants was a brilliant general but he was the bearer of that old ancient pagan religion of baal and molech the romans not yet christian saw the horror of retreating in history and thus fought tooth and nail to hold off Hannibal's brilliant assaults. The result was that Roman culture was left in a kind of no-man's land where Spiritually, they were left to build up the roads, build up the language, the communication, uh, the, the network that ultimately the gospel would run on and run literally to the ends of the earth just a few generations later.
0: To this day, the stark ruins of Carthage stand as a testimony that God is not mocked. This should also prompt us to ask ourselves a critically important question. How far are we from facing a similar judgment for our own commitment to rampant child sacrifice? The Roman historian Tacitus records that the ancestors of the English-speaking peoples, the Angles, sacrificed to the Mother Earth Goddess. In his Germania, on the origin and geography of Germany, Tacitus describes this gruesome ritual as a ceremony performed by slaves, who were immediately afterward drowned in the lake.
1: Wherever the gospel has gone, throughout all of history, one of the first things that the proclaimers of the truth have to encounter is the brutality of this poor, fallen world in which we live. It is the essence of all pagan cultures, that they have a thirst for blood. So throughout all of antiquity, we always have infanticide, abortion, uh, we have uh, euthanasia. It's, It's universal. Plato and Aristotle commended it as a means by which to direct society. Going all the way through the Roman era, we have infanticide walls outside of the cities. The ancient Polynesians across the board to the ancient Persians had peculiar pessaries or uh, rituals in which children inside the womb were destroyed. It was a universal, it is a universal of paganism. Therefore, when the gospel goes forth, inevitably one of the first things that proclaimers of the gospel, whether they're missionaries in the dark depths of some unexplored continent or whether they're penetrating into the urban regions of the ancient world, they invariably first have to proclaim God's justice against the wickedness of shedding innocent blood. Always they face the specter of child-killing first. There are a lot of things in the film Apocalypto that that scholars want to dispute. Um, f- facts about timing, facts about certain rituals. Now, Mel Gibson, when he made the film, was making a, a movie for public consumption. He was compressing time. He was doing a lot of things that were necessary to carry a narrative thread. It wasn't an attempt at serious anthropology. <laughs> Nevertheless, virtually everything that he describes brutality, the, the human sacrifice these are all indisputably. Elements of the the cultures both the native cultures and the Mayan cultures that he describes When we revel in the bloodshed of the innocent all of our cultures however glorious and however resplendent will collapse the bloodlust at the heart of paganism is universal what Mel Gibson was attempting to show in his film was that this universal bloodlust is, in the end, what undermines our most glorious achievements. It did, it has, it will.
2: There's an interesting article by Josh Clark that talks about cultural relativism. It pretty much says that it is okay for the Incas to have killed children because of cultural relativism. This tiny Inca child was found in an area of the Andes that is very high, very cold, and very dry that is the perfect situation to preserve a body and so even without embalming bodies are preserved in this area. There is an archaeological tenet that in order to understand a society we must know how they think and what they believed. What they believed was right and what they believed was wrong. That helps you to understand a society. Understanding doesn't mean that we're judging them to be right or wrong. People always say don't judge. Well then he's judging them to be right. There is such a thing as an absolute truth. There is such a thing as absolute right and absolute wrong. This is absolutely wrong. Under any circumstances, in any culture, at any time, in any location, it is absolutely wrong to kill an innocent child for your own benefit. I see people all over Chile, Peru, Ecuador, who speak Quechua. They were once Incas, thousands and thousands of people. And yet there's no society left. They live as poor as they could possibly live. Perhaps this is because there is a God, there is an absolute truth, there is an absolute right and wrong. And what they were doing was absolutely against his will. Perhaps that's why that Inca empire fell. Thousands of people to 200 men. Something happened, and the societies that tend to descend into killing their children are those societies that we read about in archaeological digs because they are not there anymore. But there is an absolute truth. There is an absolute what is right and what is wrong, and God judges nations and societies by it. If we want to be a society a thousand years from now, if we want to have the United States remembered, I think we've got to stop killing our children.
3: There are instances where there were individuals that uh, were uh, evidently, although it was not widespread, uh, where Native American tribes would uh, attempt to sacrifice individuals individual human beings. And um, again, this was not prevalent, but it did take place. It's in the records. Uh, And when this took place, um, often the way a Puritan preacher would deal with, and John Elliott could speak the language of the Indians, and basically he would choose the very rock where they would make those sacrifices and preach that there was one sacrifice for you. You don't need to make those sacrifices, because one already took the beating for you, and his name is Jesus. And he would stand in the very spot where they had sacrificed animals, or they had sacrificed uh, or attempted to sacrifice a human. And uh, One story that's very close here to um, us is a, a rock that's known as Chamber Rock today, but in the archives um, I've read a story about how they were about to sacrifice to an individual, one of the missionaries, Thomas Tupper, and along with Richard Bourne, were walking along the path. They saw it, they cried out to God, and they said, stop this, uh, this act uh, in the name of uh, uh, the Lord. And of course, they looked at him as a clearest, blue, sunny day, and they, they, they just ignored them. Knowing that they, of course, could be the next ones that are taken, uh, they preach it. And all of a sudden, out of the blue sky comes a thunderbolt, breaks the rock into several pieces, and uh, obviously, the tribe gets saved. They get converted. Uh, Interestingly enough, years later, more than 100 years after that event, they brought some scientists in because they said, this legend must be just a fable. And they had scientists examine that very boulder, saying, could this boulder actually have been split by um, uh, lightning? But they didn't ask that to the scientists. They just said, tell us how this broke. Well, scientists came out and said this could only have been broken with a thunderbolt of lightning because of the way it's scarred and broken into its various pieces. And, of course, it was known as um, sacrifice Rock. It, uh, it became known, but now known, as Chamber Rock. And there's a Chamber Rock Road not far from here where that event actually took place. Many Sacrifice Rocks were used to sacrifice animals. And sometimes even humans were turned to pulpit rocks when those individuals became Christians. And um, it was not to uh, vilify the individual. It was simply to convert them from the worship of darkness to the worship of the true God. And it's interesting that those are markers all around here, the miraculous intervention of God. And if that can happen once, it can happen more than once. And it's the same God that was working here in the 1600s that's working today. That's why we can have hope.
0: Where did the practice of child sacrifice ultimately take these societies? The Canaanites, Carthaginians, Indians, Aztecs, and Northern Europeans, everyone who practiced open, culturally sanctioned human sacrifice to pagan gods and goddesses were eventually destroyed wiped out by invading armies the lesson for us so-called moderns nations must obey God's eternal law concerning the sanctity of human life or face the dire consequences